and this is another episode of Universal. Just because I feel like saying it, you will listen to the Queen. Yes, I said the Queen. Because if I don't recognize myself as that, who else will? <laughs> Queen Lady AC and. I hope everybody had a good weekend, a good week so far, because we officially made it to hump day, like I always say. Because uh, once we get over this hump, we get right back to the weekend. But for right now, we're going to enjoy this moment. As always, you're going to enjoy it with me early this morning. So I can admit over my past few shows, we've done a lot of healing, <laughs> a lot of growth, a lot of change, all those different kind of things. And I think... Once you go through that period, it's always good to relax, to recap, and get back to the basics. What makes you you? Makes everything good. So, on today's episode, we're going to get back to the basics and give you that good music like I always do. And we're going to introduce some more spoken words because I found some very interesting ones I think you would like. Also, um... If you haven't heard yet, or if you're not abreast, of course, over this past week, we also lost great addition to the music world. Miss Aretha Franklin passed away last week. So in honor of her, my playlist is songs, not only my favorite songs by her, but music that by artists who were inspired by her music and they created their own art. So you will hear her influence throughout my playlist as well as some original stuff. So I'm excited for you guys to tune in. So without further ado, I'm not going to hold you long. We're going to dive right on in to this good soul. All right.
and we are back what you just heard um if you're listening to me on the anchor app that was most deaf with miss fat booty <laughs> um before that i gave you the internet featuring nikki davy with timeless and then of course that i before that even that kick off this musical set i gave you aretha franklin with the only thing missing is you and as you can tell, I told you we're honoring, with my music, I'm honoring the Queen of Soul, Aretha Franklin, who passed away last week. Good thing she was among her friends and family. So definitely you could see within um, the musical aspect, especially Miss uh, Fat Booty, she, he uh, most definitely took her song and kind of created his <laughs> own turn, own spin of it but you could definitely see her influence especially in hip-hop so once again recipes to the queen aretha franklin so today's topic of the day is what i like to call it at the beginning of the show is getting back to the basics in other words um after all this healing <laughs> after all these revelations and changing and growing that i've been talking about through my past shows is once you get together once you get settled once you put that work in on you it's always good to go back to the base and back to what makes you you and what makes me me is what I love to do and what I love to do is this radio show is music is radio is broadcasting is talking to you guys everything like that and so the basis of Universal was to create a space of this beautiful music of beautiful spoken words and perspectives that you can hear from. So I thought it would be nice to kind of get back to what that is. So, um, so to kind of create a mood, if I can say that, um, you know, within, you know, kind of just relaxing and getting back to myself that I started to notice, of course, a lot of stuff going on around the world and a lot of stuff going on even within our own backyards or in our own communities or um, in this country, you know, it's hard to not ignore that. Um, and one concept, you know, I kind of remember that used to be very popular with his whole idea of being foreign, of being exotic, of wanting the best, you know, exotic, new, something different. And it's like ever since all this devastation, all this different talk, you know, with the immigration and with, you know, travel bans and all the stuff with the evils of of the society that are kind of looking back at it or looking down at it, you don't hear that term that much anymore. You don't hear people proudly claiming that they like foreign or want to be foreign or that they're this or that they're unique and all those different things. And, and I was wondering why why is that now you know last year everybody was proud to be foreign or the show or want that foreign whip or the foreign car you know the foreign person or the unique features that made them foreign and now all of a sudden everybody's trying to hide that or downplay that or not want to talk about it and so looking at the recent issues going on i can see why that that uniqueness is literally threatening people's lives that you that uniquely excuse me that having that characteristic is literally hurting people. Literally generalizing somebody for their features or where they come from or what they look like is literally putting people in danger. 
where they can be proudly to be able to own themselves or to, you know, or to expect that. Not necessarily saying that they're better than anybody, but just owning who you are, owning your culture, owning your ethnicity, which we all deserve to do. That now there are people whose lives are threatened just for being brave enough to say that. Their livelihood is being threatened just to be, just to acknowledge that. And that's not just here in this country. There are people, uh, I think the biggest story that hit over the weekend, um, and that was some tragic news, was that uh, country, of course, we, well, if you're not familiar, there's a lot going on in Palestine right now with the gen with the genocide, open genocide, I'm just gonna call it what it looks like, open genocide of Palestinians within Israel and, and Syria and all that stuff going on. But I think the one that caught the most attention worldwide was an attack on school children in Yemen and how it came out that the missiles and the armory used to attack them was supported by this country. 40 I think it was like including a group of 40 children lost their lives due to this bombing attack that this country funded. So to see how heavy that is, I can understand why people don't want to acknowledge being that foreignness, acknowledge that ethnicity, acknowledge that beauty <laughs> that makes them that themselves and knowledge that culture that makes them themselves I can understand why they want to tailor that or not want that to be their highlight that they are more than just what is perceived of them or the generalization that's given on them for accepting their ethnicity and I found a spoken word that kind of spoke kind of speaks to that so without further ado here is our first spoken word of the show foreign soil because my body is a beacon calling everyone to come flock to the motherland because this garment on my head screams Africa I'm like yeah I'm from Sudan why he says mm, yes you is you got a little bit of flavor in you don't get me wrong I'm just admiring what your mama gave you let me tell you something about my mama she can reduce a man to tattered flesh without so much as blinking her words fester beneath your skin cradling her eyes because my mama is a woman flawless and formidable in the same step woman walks into a war zone and has warriors cowering at her feet my mama holds all of us in her face in her body in her blood and blood is no good once you let it loose so she always holds us close keeping us safe from caving in when i was seven my mama cradled bullets in the billows of her robes that same night she came home and taught me how to get gunpowder out of cotton with a bar of soap Years later, when the soldiers held her at gunpoint and asked her who she was, she said, I am a daughter of Adam. I am a woman. Who the hell are you? <laughs> and, the, and the last time, and the last time we went home, we watched our village burn. Soldiers pouring blood from civilian skulls as if they too could turn water into wine. The woman who raised me turned and said, don't be scared. I'm your mother, 
I'm here, I won't let them through. My mama gave me conviction. Woman like her in her bruised wrist, tired eyes, and a titanium-plated spine. The daughters of widows wearing the wings of amputees. They carry countries between their shoulder blades. Now, I'm not saying that dating is a first-world problem, but these trifling motherfuckers seem to be. The cut, sorry. The kind, the kind who quote Rumi, but not know what he sacrificed for war. Who fawn over Lupita but turn the racial filters on. Who take their politics with a latte when I take mine with tear gas. Every guy I meet wants to be my introduction to the dark side. Wants me to open up the subsidian skin let him read every tearful page. Because what survivor hasn't had her struggle made spectacle? Don't talk about the motherland unless you know that being from Africa means waking up an afterthought in this country. Don't talk about my flavor unless you know that my flavor is insurrection. It is rebellion. It is resistance. My flavor is burden. It is grit. It is is compromise and you don't know compromise until you rebuilt your home for the third time without bricks without mortar without any other option i turned to the man and said my mother and i don't walk the streets alone back home anymore back home there are no streets to walk anymore Yes, I had to let y'all kind of feel and take all that in, okay? <laughs> yes, that was a very powerful spoken word by Miss. And if I pronounce her name wrong, I really do apologize. But by Miss Emmy Mahmood. And that was her spoken word called Mama. And in that, she basically challenges the idea of the concept of being foreign being unique or it being praised or the generalization of that i think sometimes the excuse of ignorance here in america that we have when it comes to people from different countries that for some reason we idolize this unique flavor as she <laughs> says the guy kind of um, explained or talked to her about but we don't realize how some in those essence those cultures how much that comes with those cultures that those features that that ethnicity that everything that is ingrained in them is also due to devastation due to war due to colonization due to all these different things that every fiber of their flavor is <laughs> literally the culture that they have been taught by the strong people in their lives, such as, for instance, the mother that she mentioned, keeping her family safe, continually to tell them how proud she is and giving them conviction and giving them power to be able to walk, to be able to be seen <laughs> and admired by others. But I think that's kind of genuine for all of us is that we don't really know. We always see it's the final product when we walk down the street or when we meet people and we just see them attractive, but we don't realize the work that it took them to get there or the work that they're still doing to get uh, be that presentable person, to be strong in who they are, to be very connected to their mindsets, very connected to their culture, very connected to who they are. And I think we especially do that with a lot of people from different countries. It's that we have all these expectations with what we've been generalized to be taught or, or about them. 
but we don't realize the devastation that a lot of them are going through at the same time. Like for instance, we're so quick, I would say not us in general, but I think as a society, like for instance, I think this whole issue, you know, with the Muslim ban or with, um, you know, just with separating families, but yet at the same time, we still as a country have a nerve to go to these countries and invade their cultures and love and vacation in these places, not realizing that we're feeding the very same thing that is causing them to flee. It's causing them to fight for their culture. It's causing them to fight to be seen and acknowledge who they are. So I just, I shared that to want to make everybody aware, you know, like I said, to stop kind of fetishizing, if that's a word, but stop fetishing what we're being taught. Start believing in these generalizations that we're giving about different cultures, about different people. Actually get to know people for who they are. Actually research, learn what's going on in these countries. Admire the beauty of both. Admire and understand the devastation of both. And then from there, learn how to interact and love and care and admire people for who they are, you know? But that's just the first spoken word, <laughs> you know, because there are other things within my resting that I have noticed, especially social-wise, that has been going on. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that a little bit later, but I'm going to throw you right back on into this music um, and give you another, you know, just kind of relax, kind of chill kind of environment. Because like I said, we're getting back to the basics and getting back to the basics, everything is simple. Everything is clear. As they say, everything is all good. So, hold <laughs> on tight as we dive right on back in and enjoy the music, and I'll be right back.
And we are back on Universal, which you just heard. If you're listening to me on the Anchor app, that was Some Seek Stardom by the Fugees. And then before that, I gave you Tish Hyman, and that was her song called Subway Art. Yes, because, you know, giving you that raw reality of New York, the subway life. So I definitely love that unique spin on it. Definitely love that. Um, but going back to the topic at hand, because, um, like I said, we're going back to the basics. So within, you know, just the recovering from being so vulnerable or being so open from these last few shows, sometimes you got to sit back, relax, and just gather your thoughts. And while doing that, you know, I was also aware of everything going on in the media around us um, and just like in general, you know, just seeing so much happen. And, you know, I couldn't turn a blind eye to, so I thought it'd be great to also talk about it, about it now, you know. One of those things I'm starting to notice is, of course, this inspire you know of racism discrimination on all levels i think the one that kind of troubles me just a little bit a little bit more and it's because especially because i feel a personal connection to it all this i won't call it spikes because i feel like this racism and all this stuff that's been going on has been going on it's just being broadcasted more it's being brought to the light more so i'm not gonna say it's like a spike or a lot of this been going on but um, what I've been saying, but I will say what I've been seeing recently is a lot more of how this is affecting children. You know, how this, how these races or how these ignorant people, or excuse me, correction, excuse of ignorant people are developing their evil, <laughs> racist, nasty attitudes on to people who are defenseless, who have no say, who have nothing to do, and in that case, it's usually children. What I'm seeing is, I think, like for instance, what the two stories I saw recently um, were kids getting suspended for their hair, or told they can't come to school or these top schools or these great schools because they look unkept, they look unnatural and yet they're rocking their hair in braids or twists or locks or all these beautiful kind of ways that are to their culture, to their hair, you know? Um, I think I saw another disturbing video of police brutality where these police officers tased a man with a six-month-old baby in his arms. Yeah, the baby was between two to six months and they tased him while he's holding the baby. You know, these instances of people getting called, the police calling, um, excuse me, white people calling the police on black people for simply existing. And in some of these cases, these people are near their children. Not to get, don't get me wrong, all these instances are wrong or need to be talked about, but what really bothers me more about them is the mental health or just the perspective of these children that are witnessing that or always getting examined, you know, always falling victim to it. Like, I think one of the most disturbing things I saw, it was, um, that was kind of eye-opening, that it was a father and his son at a, at a pool at their complex, and this white woman 
was proceeding to ask the father for his ID, asking him, did he belong there? Why was he swimming? Why was he doing that? And the father clearly ignored her. He, he handled himself professionally. He was like, you know what, no, I'm going to mind my business. I don't need to show you that. But if, I, if you feel that, then you come to me. Don't sit there and talk about that. And he proceeds to ignore her, and he talks to his son. It's like, hey, son, let, let, don't know her. Don't listen to her. Let's continue to do what we do. And he tries to encourage his son to swim and have fun. And the son says, Dad, I'm not comfortable. I don't feel safe doing this. And that bothered me. <laughs> that stuck with me out of that whole story because it makes me think of what is going through the minds of these of kids when they experience that. Like for instance, we, we are seeing the studies come out, we're seeing you know, child psychologists and all those talking about the kids at the border, what mentally they're going through, like it's, which I can only imagine those ages being separated and abused and all that from your children. Um, I know the other big story that happened was the issue with, in Philadelphia, I think it's the state it broke out in was in Philadelphia with the child abuse by so-called religious leaders, popes, popes and, and, and deacons and bishops and all these things. That child abuse scandal that just been, that's been broken. I can only imagine what those young children had to go through. And so mentally, just witnessing all that, I just wonder about where their mind is when it comes to the world, when it comes to the hope for their future or the achieve for their future to wear simply because the way they look, the way they wear their hair, the way they walk, the way they talk, that they're simply not afforded. You know, just basics, <laughs> just the basics. That I can understand why it would translate for these kids to try to assimilate. Why I can translate why kids will start to believe or start to believe the self-hate and start to internalize that hate for themselves to where they want to cut their hair or what they want to you know to wish to be lighter or more acceptable where they'll change the way they talk where they'll change the way they dress where they even get to the point where they want to not be acknowledged by their names and speaking of names there also was another story I heard where women were denied a job just because their names sounded too ghetto. And I can only imagine for these children who have these very unique names, who have very open names, how, I mean, I can even say it with my real name, you know, just the way, you know, how it came off and being told that my mama should have named me something else. and how people kept getting it so wrong, how as a child I had to change and play my name just so people could acknowledge me correctly. I can only imagine, I know mentally how that affected me and I had to learn how to learn to own my blackness and everything and it took time and it took to my 20s. I can only imagine these kids now how that is. But my message to those kids to that is that you cannot let this excuse of ignorance of these people stop you from the beauty that is who you are. Can't stop them to deny your culture, stop them to deny 
your right to be saved, your right to be educated, your right to just have fun and live the best life you can or that is afforded to you. And I found a spoken word that kind of speaks about that, a perspective about that. So here he is, without further ado, our second spoken word of the show. war, many recently freed slaves took last name like freedmen or freemen. Others took the last name of their slave masters. Some because they had to swiftly give a name to their newly acquired citizenship. Others with the hopes that they may be reunited with family who have been sold or separated during the institution of slavery. My mother's maiden name is Baby, spelled B-A-T-T-I-E. Her family is from Mississippi. My grandmother's name is Bessie Beatty. Her mother, my great-grandmother, is named Elizabeth Beatty. In 1850, during the U.S. Census, they do not list a person's property just the names of slave owners and the count of the slaves in Mississippi. There was a woman by the name of Elizabeth Beatty, spelled B-E-A-T-Y, who owned over 50 slaves. And I wonder if this is the cotton plantation my family roots grew from. I wonder if this is the name my ancestors placed aside their papers and fled the plantation with, is there a magnolia tree down in Panola, Mississippi that has all of my family's blood? Williams is the most common last name for black folks. John Williams of the Louisiana plantation owned over 218 black people. After Williams, there's Johnson then Smith, Jones, Brown, Jackson. Racial traumas and triggers are a formal greeting when we call our oppressor's name to introduce ourselves. When our names are a historical leash, every time I meet a black person with the last name Beatty, I wonder if we are finally attending the family reunion. Every time I meet a white person with the last name Beatty, I wonder if they know what their family has done, what abuse has allowed them their breath. What a privilege to know which end of the whipping whip has your name on it, to know exactly what your name is attached to, to have a name embroidered on the bedroom door instead of the quarters. What a privilege on the job application, at the bank, at the airport, in the emergency room. And people wonder about black names, why the names aren't shorter, why the runaway syllables aren't easier to catch, why our names chime like music when they traverse between lobes about why we name our children after cars, after movement, after freedom, about why black names are always spelled with distinction, while black names always have a flair. It's because countries who declare independence get to name themselves, because niggas will always know reclamation, and when our names do not have your lineage, 
when our names are not what you expect, then what did you expect? For us to introduce ourselves, still running. For us to shake hands, still dripping the blood you drew. Yes, yes, snaps on that, snap, 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 snap. Yes, I had to let y'all, once again, let y'all feel that. Let y'all understand. Once again, another powerful spoken word. That was by Miss Portia Olewala. And that song was called, excuse me, that spoken word was called Unnamed. But she talked about the history of the black name, especially the black last name. And within that, what made it so powerful for me, of course, not only the history, but um, just the fact of how, in contrast to our last names being attached to the racist history, how using our names, we also channelize the sense of freedom, the sense of detachment from the connection of the devastation and trauma that we have experienced due to everything. And the reason I played that is because I wanted to show the pride, the freedom, um, as she mentioned about how countries, when they declare their independence, how they state and change the name. Is that to the message of these children, or uh, anybody who has children and they experience all these different things to understand that from something just as little as your name, your first name, to all the way to the way you wear, rock your hair, to the way you carry yourself, to the way you act, that that is beautiful, that that is proud, that is something to always uphold and know importance. That regardless of what other people feel, how other people or the trauma or the racism that you're experiencing that that is put in place for you to deny that that is put in place for you to feel less than that is put in place for you to under, to not feel that it's important and that it's powerful because they're trying to take your power away they're trying to take your essence away they're trying to reinstate a country that keeps people under so they can continue to stay on top. My message to anyone who, especially anyone who has children in this day and age and seeing all this stuff go on is continue to reinforce to your children that everything that they are is needed, is wanted, and is valuable. Leave <laughs> this unnamed culture of just treating people like they're less than don't let that teach them how to net, not let that affect them yes their feelings of anger their feelings of sadness their feelings of fear are valid but also know that they don't have to give in to that that we do not have to give in to the evils of this world that we can still have beautiful and rich lives but we have to first be strong in who we are and, and constantly have that reinforced. That's what I'm learning, is that we have to constantly reinforce that. It's not you just do it once, you ha it's continuous. 
throughout our lives. So continue to realize that. That's my message with that. Because <laughs> as we break away, I'm gonna give you a little bit more music honoring the miss, the legendary uh, Aretha Franklin, but, but yeah, continue to do that.
I love you too, baby. I love you. I love no, I love you. Besides, Holly can take care of everything. Have a nice time. I love you. I love you too. Oh, will you remember to change the meeting to tomorrow? I love you too. I love you too, baby. I love, I love you too. It's worldwide, baby. That's what we do. It's international. I love you too. Uh, that's what they say to me. And I entertain it quite playfully. But serious though, I'm curious, Joe. Killing cats with a flow type gracefully. Lean back and I raise my feet. Give a little blow for I taste my tea. On a world toe, I'm in gate parade. Lou at the Louvre, can't wait to see. 850, I done paid my fee. Say what up to Venus, then I take my leave. Collect and debate a spree Decide to sit it down like a mate to D Watch all the pretty little mates to be They be trying to picture how I make my cheese Little apricot on the crepe I eat Running late on my Casio face I see Chefs in the kitchen trying to bake my steez But I keep it chill by the 8 degrees Everywhere I go I gotta take my skis So cool turn milk in a tasty freeze Used to watch trial go to make believe Eurostar first class take my seat Few more pounds in my H&P Now I got the bounce I can make them sing she said she loves me and I believe her Making it 100 times harder for me to leave her I'm so eager to prevail Music was a female, I check her And end up coming quicker than an email Bye, I'm going overseas Hide your doors behind the doors The minotaurs and tore them down like minotaurs Fine with metaphors from when I fought Clitoruses with dinosaurs But I don't roll with a tent But I will if you go against my code of respect If I don't hustle then my heart will stop Back in Britain rappers press up heart to stock I'm moving they ain't moving half to stock And they can't fit in my shoes so put a sock in it Better yet stock it before I sock it to you You're a laughing stock a medical pass, my boxer passed the back, I'm about to blow so fast before I started, we've already passed the aftershock And I still believe her, making it 200 times harder for me to handle it I'm coming to America, but I ain't playing football with you folks Cause the last time the bloke picked the ball up and ran with it Passport with passport in my car, go! She's still yelling and telling me I can't go! Lupe's telling me my brain's about to leave, I'm on my way to Chicago Universal in no way, shape, or form is for me to own it. It's for to broadcast it as my own. Its only sole purpose is to show just the beauty of music, just to showcase the artists um, independently and wide known, and just expose you to new music. Um, so what you just heard that was Lupe Fiasco featuring Sway with "We Love You," and then before that, I gave you Moonchild with "Cure." Moonchild is a very, very growing uh, independent artist doing their thing there. Um, and then, of course, the Lupe Fiasco joint I just played um, is also one 
as you can hear the influence of Aretha Franklin as well. So once again, give life to her and honoring the legacy that she has left that will continue to be around for forever. Um, I want to thank everybody so much for tuning in to Universal. That's pretty much it for us here. You know, until next week, you know, I'll come back with new perspective, new spoken words, uh, new music as always. But, you know, the whole thing, I kind of want to say, with all the transitions that were going on and all the things that we're seeing going on in the media, that I feel, you know, that sometimes it can be overwhelming, that it can be a lot, and sometimes we just need to take that moment to rest, to really go back to the basics, knowing who we are, understanding basic communication, basic uh, being decent to folks, how to, you know, mind your business, respect people's privacy, respect yourself, and then also know what you're owed, and owe that you don't owe anybody anything as well. You know, because we all want a world where all of us can live and all of us can be unified, all of us can achieve our dreams and just have the basics of just having education, being able to support ourselves, all those things, because we all do deserve that. And and I'm optimistic that this world will become that, but it will take a lot of work starting with us first, and then it will branch out to others and and it will grow and grow until we see the world that we're meant. So on that base, I leave you with words by another fallen legend uh, that we lost over the weekend. His name was Kofi Anna. Um, he was known as a representative in the UN. He died at the age of 80 back on the 18th. Uh, widely known for his diplomatic efforts in Ghana and also um, as the General Secretary of the United Nations. Um, He passed away, like I said, at the age of 80. He was known for being a peacekeeper, known um, for, of course, speaking against globalization and the Islamic uh, militancy that kind of plagued through, not only through Africa, but as the whole area of Iraq and Western policy and all those different things. So I'm going to leave you here with his words of the world that he wants, that he said that we all deserve to have. The world that I'm working to create is a world that should be of interest to all of us. I'm working to create a world that is stable, that is peaceful, where we as human beings realize that we cannot consume the resources of the world the way we are doing as if there's no tomorrow. It's going to be a disaster, disaster for our children and our grandchildren. The farmer knows instinctively that if you take something from the earth today, you have to put something back to be able to return to harvest tomorrow. Somehow when we move to the city, we lose that instinct. We need to create a world 
that is equitable, that is stable, and a world where we bear in mind the needs of others and not only what we need immediately. We are all in the same boat. Let's say in a cruise, boat sometimes seems too small. Let's say we are all in a cruise. Some may be in the best suites in, this, in the boat, others may be in a little dinghy hole somewhere. But if the ship begins to take water, whatever end of the boat you are, whatever your accommodation, we are all at risk. We should reach out and work in partnership with civil society, with the private sector, with foundations, for philanthropies, focusing on the need of the individual. Yes, states are important and their concerns are important, but at the end of the day, it is the citizens and the individual needs which are important. Huge problems like genocide begins with one individual, the humiliation of one individual. And so the focus on individuals and people is the right one. And if we work in partnership and we all do our little bit collectively, we will make a giant contribution.